Hey, welcome back to the Out of State Hunter podcast. Today is going to be awesome. We are going to be talking about one of my favorite states, Arizona. And I have Trail Kreitzer on here to talk about the, we're going to talk about a little bit more than just application strategy stuff, but um, that's primarily the idea for today's show. Talking about as an out-of-state hunter, how can you apply for Arizona and how to be most effective in that application process. So with that, Trail, thank you very much for coming on the show. I, I appreciate you coming back. You bet. Thanks for having me. It's always yeah. good to, to catch up and talk application season. It is. And then it all gets confusing once you start to stack up the states and to put it all together how you want it. It's too much. I, I think that's why you just got to take it one bite at a time. Just well, yeah, as those, there you go. As those come available, you just take one chomp at a time and just there chew them up. I often wonder if we're the crazy people because of the way we think about applications. And I've talked to people before and I'm like, hey, what are you doing for Arizona and Colorado? And, you know, are you applying for Utah? And, and they're like, I'm just trying to get one elk tag in New Mexico. That's all I want, you know. And you're like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe I do overthink it a little bit, but whatever. Yeah. The problem with that is, is if, yeah, the problem with that is if you don't draw that one tag in New Mexico, then you're out. Huh? Then you don't have an elk tag at all. So you got to have those all, all your ducks in a row. That's right. So today we'll talk Arizona, which is a great elk hunting state. And um, I thought we'd just work through the process and, and kind of start from the top of the notes and work our way through. Mm -hmm. yeah let's do yeah. it so arizona is one of those weird i won't say weird states i guess that's probably the wrong term but arizona is one of those states where you don't just apply for everything at once right you got to start mm -hmm. off and there's um i don't remember exactly how these so i'll refer to you how these break down but i, I know deer is later on in the year so right now mm -hmm. we're really focused on what is it elk and pronghorn right now is that right yep Yep, elk, elk and pronghorn, uh, that's kind of the first one that comes up for Arizona, uh, deadline of February 14th, so Valentine's Day. Don't don't forget your Valentine if you've got one out there, and then more importantly, don't forget to apply in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they break that up, so you've got elk and pronghorn uh, February 14th, and then later on, uh, right there just early in the summer, so it's typically the first Tuesday in June, your application for deer um, both coos deer and mule deer, and then also bighorn sheep. And then uh, they also tack on a bison. You can actually apply for bison a couple times a year, depending on, on when you're hunting them. And then um, you also got like an October draw, which is for uh, javelina and then, and then also turkey and bison. So they kind of break that up. And that one's the second Tuesday in October. So you've got basically three main, um, you know, application deadlines or timeframes that you got to think about. And then this is probably worth noting is, uh, you know, this year was brand new for them. They did their over-the-counter sales for archery deer uh -huh. online for non-residents, and they opened that up December 1st. So you wanted to be aware of that. I think it took, I thought I'd heard rumor that it sold out in like 24 hours, but I actually think it was like three days that, yeah. that, it, took, that it took. I think so. I, I had a friend of mine that was trying to do that, and I know he was one of those guys that stayed up till midnight jumped on and thought it was just going to be one of those immediate sellout things. And uh, so he bought his at midnight. I looked at like nine o'clock the next morning and there was still two or yeah. three. No, there's still like 600 tags, I think, that yeah. you could get. So oddly enough, that was on the same day as the incredibly thorough and effective Idaho OTC draw 
which was yeah. a lot of fun to be a part. Actually, I was texting you that day and you were like, I'm yeah. out, dude. I'm out. I'm totally yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, I waited six or seven hours and then yeah. bounced. Didn't figure there'd be much left. But yeah, that's, I don't know if, if Arizona will continue to do their over-the-counter deer tags that way or not. For non-residents, they may go to like an outright draw, but as of right now, that was that was the way they did it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that was the over-the-counter system. So that that really, really popular over-the-counter coos deer tag that people used to hunt in January mm-hmm. is severely impacted by that, obviously. So there's not you can't just drive over to Walmart and buy your tag. Now, if you don't have one as of today, then it's not you don't have one. You're, yeah, you yeah. don't have one. You're not going. So <laughs> yep. tough luck there. But all right, let's focus on elk and pronghorn. And mm-hmm. we'll talk through that. I don't have a whole lot of pronghorn knowledge for application in Arizona because I don't know of any unit that has more than about 3% draw odds. So mm-hmm. I don't really focus on those much, but we'll talk about it because I know you like pronghorn. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about Arizona. I mean, I, I, uh, I drew a tag in Arizona a couple of years ago and had a pretty tough hunt for archery. But I mean, generally speaking, um, I mean, we won't dive too deep into the individual units and hunts and, and the uh, the areas in Arizona, but generally speaking, I think the odds are so long in Arizona for antelope or for pronghorn, you, you pretty much have to look at it like a raffle ticket. And, and you really only, I really only encourage people to apply if they're applying for other species as well. And, uh, you know, just consider it a raffle ticket, you know, for yeah. 15, for 15 bucks, you might as well apply and if lightning strikes and you get lucky, you get a pronghorn tag. Yeah, I think that's really a good a good takeaway is if you're especially for a pronghorn because of that because you have to buy the license in order to buy the point right so you're gonna spend uh, what is 150 bucks roughly I just had all these costs yeah. and everything up so you spend yes. 150 bucks on a license and then it's 15 dollars I do the same thing mm-hmm. I, right I already have the license because I have it for elk and and everything else so why not mm-hmm. just pay 15 bucks and get a point. Or yeah, apply so, for a unit. Yeah. yeah, so it's a it's 160, I think, for a non-resident, and then you, you're totally right, fifteen dollars per species for your application fee, and then you know if you're unsuccessful in the draw, then they're going to get that bonus points. So there's not like the separate fee for a bonus point. It's just you know the, the fifteen bucks per per species that you apply for. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think that's really how you got to look at um, you know pronghorn. I, I really only would encourage people, unless you're an absolute diehard nut for pronghorn, and they do kill some giant pronghorn in Arizona, but uh, really, in my opinion, it's not worth it based on the dry odds to, to just apply for pronghorn alone. I would only ever encourage people to apply uh, if they're also applying for other species. So Yeah, yeah good call. Yeah. Um, we're kind of rolling through cost and how much things cost. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just stick with that, and then we'll we'll move on. But as far as cost goes to apply in Arizona... Can you talk through that? Yeah, so you do have to buy a hunting license, which you noted. Uh, so as a non-resident, it's 160 bucks, and then you're also going to pay $15 per species that you apply for. Um, so it's it's a significant investment, I would say. I mean, it's one of the more expensive states as far as actual hunting licenses go. Um, you do not have to front the permit fees when you apply, so that's kind of nice. You're not putting up, you know, 650 bucks, which is the cost of the elk permit should you draw it. You don't have to put that on a card or float it. Float it. You're only ever going to be charged that if you're actually successful on the draw. 
Um, so that's something you'll be aware of. Uh, antelope permit is going to be 550 bucks. Like I said, elk permit is uh, 650 bucks for a non-resident. Um, just kind of staying in that vein as far as cost goes. I, one of the biggest tips I would uh, I would give to people, especially if they have kids or youth, you know, that they're applying for. Uh, $5 is your youth hunting license in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, it's five bucks and that's for a 10 year old to a 17 year old. Um, you know, they do have to have hunters ed. I just, I just had a kid that turned 10 two days ago. So I got to get him going, get him through hunters ed. And I was actually just thinking as, as I was kind of prepping for the podcast is this is the first year I can apply him. So, I mean, I can apply him in Arizona, which is pretty dang cool. He can start building, you know, points. Yeah. So, so pretty dang neat. And, um, yeah. I would say it's super cheap. Uh, definitely apply your kids in Arizona for that five buck uh, hunting license. Yeah. So the license is five bucks and then the points are five bucks each, right? So the, or the application is five bucks. I think the application fees are still, I'd have to double check, but I think they're still 15 still bucks. 15? Yeah, I, I think so. But, but even then, I mean, you're 20 bucks for an application for a kid, if, if that's the case. But, um, yeah. Oh, it is 15. Yeah. It's 15. Yeah. I think I think they're all fifteen, but still, I mean, still, yeah, you can you're in build, it for fifty build, build bucks. Bonus points, yeah. That's it. It's very cheap. Yeah, yeah. All right, great youth hunting opportunities. Um, okay, cool. So, yep, you noted it. You know, six and a half hundred or six hundred sixty-five bucks for the elk, and then you—that's on top of that license fee and then the point fee. Only, so only if, if you draw. Only if you draw, but <laughs> yep. it's still a pretty expensive state if you do draw. So it's kind of kind of hefty. If you do draw and you're not able to go on the hunt, is there anything that protects a hunter in Arizona? Yeah, there there is. There there wasn't in the past, but now there is. They have this program they call um, Point Guard. Um, so they've got Point Guard, which you can buy when you apply, which is ten dollars per species, and you just have to click the icon when you apply. Um, and you pay that $10 fee when, when you make your application. And then that allows you essentially should have something, you know, come up in your life that you can't go on your hunt. You want to return your tag and you want to get your points back. You can do that for that 10, that $10 point guard fee. Um, they also have what they call point guard plus, which is if you're a guy that's applying, uh, for all the species in Arizona, you can buy that. It's 25 bucks and you can, it covers all the species and, and it covers a three-year time frame. So it's just like a little bit more economical, you know, version of point guard. So yeah. um, I would encourage, I mean, you never know when you might want to return a permit. I mean, you might draw too many permits. Um, you know, you might draw a permit. I think I noted to you earlier, I had a buddy several years ago that had uh, 15 or 16 L points, didn't pay a lot of attention when he made his application and actually applied for a cow elk tag as his first choice. They did not have a point guard program and he actually uh, drew that and burned, you know, 16 points on, an, a, on a cow elk tag. So oh, that's tough, man. And, and, and they couldn't tough. return so I would say it's definitely worth it. I mean, it's 10 bucks. You might as well just buy that point guard or like I said, the $25 point guard plus, which covers all of them. Yeah. I think that's a, a really, really cool feature. I used it all the time when I applied for Arizona, when I was in the military, only mm -hmm. because I knew if I was going to deploy or not even deployed, because a lot of states have some, you know, waivers or whatever for deployed people. Mm -hmm. But it, we, tr we used to go to training all the time. It was really, really hard to predict six, eight months out where I was going to be and what I was going to be doing. So I would always pick up point guard just in case. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool feature. So I, I'd like to see other states do that. A lot of them don't have that option. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see Wyoming do do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay, so point guard is cool. Point guard plus. Let's see. What other things are important that we need to talk about up front? Bonus points? You want to talk about their bonus yeah. point system? Yeah, we yeah, we could definitely just run through kind of a you know a a review of how their point system or how their draw system works. Okay. Um so their their point system is what I would call a hybrid bonus point system. And I would say it's a hybrid because um they offer a percentage of their permits to the people with the most bonus points that apply for any given hunt. Um, typically in a bonus point system, it's a random draw and then they weight the bonus points, but in Arizona, they actually kind of split that. So you've got 20% of the permits for any given hunt. Those, those can be allocated to the people that apply with the most bonus points. And then 80% are randomly allocated with a uh, weight given to the number of bonus points that you have. So for example, if I've got five bonus points, you know, in essence, I get five chances in the draw. Whereas if somebody applies for the first time, they only have one. Right. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a hybrid system. They're going to reward people that have been applying for a really long time by essentially guaranteeing them a permit. And then you're also going to randomly allocate a large portion of the permits and you're going to weight those bonus points. So you still have a draw, um, a chance to draw, I should say. So it's actually a pretty cool system. In my opinion, I like the fact that there's a random component to it. I mean, somebody that applies for the very first time still has a chance in the draw. Um, so I, I like that fact. And then I also like the fact that they reward the people that have been you know building points for a long time by you know essentially guaranteeing them a tag so i, I like that um i should probably touch on kind of how how they break down the re the resident non-resident quota um yeah that, that's where i was going to try to go next so the perfect yeah good gotcha anyway. mm -hmm. yeah and that's one that i get asked a bunch is you know what's the quota for non-residents and the way they break that out is uh up to five percent um, can be awarded of the permits can be awarded to max point holders to non-residents and then up to 5% can uh, be randomly allocated to a non-resident. So there's kind of a 10% quota, if, if you will, that can be awarded to non-residents and um, the, the random side of that, it's not a guaranteed 5%. It's kind of an up to, so it's not always going to be the case. Um, but, but in essence, kind of the, the long and short of it is that there's about 10% of those permits can be allocated to non-residents. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's not a huge number, especially in some of these units that only have like 50 tags or 20, 25 yeah. tags. I was trying to scroll through on some of the heavy hitter elk mm -hmm. units that are, some of those are very, very limited in numbers. Yeah, some of them are not going to have enough permits to even guarantee one to a uh, max point holder. So there's none going to a bonus point applicant, uh, mm -hmm. non-resident. There's some of those, you know, big heavy hitter units. 23 is one of them just off the top of my head. I mean, you're only going to see a permit allocated in the random draw to yeah. a, to a non-resident. Yeah, there's only 30 30 ish tags. So Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough for draw odds, but there's always a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's something to be aware of as you're, as you're making your application. I and mean, if you're a guy that is brand new to Arizona and applying, um, you know, and you kind of want to take a swing for the fence of his, his approach, I mean, you might look at a unit 23 early archery hunt that's only going to offer one permit, you know, to a non-resident and you might take a, take a crack at it. And then as you start to build up your points, maybe you start getting into that eight, 10, 12 point range, 
at that point, you really starting to open up some options for yourself because you've built up the number of bonus points that it might take to draw in that bonus pass to the draw. So at that stage, you really start to look at your choices to see what you might potentially be able to cash your points in and guarantee yourself a permit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Apply every year. Right. That's so I've, I've heard of, uh, I guess this is kind of going toward strategy stuff. Um, a lot of guys will say, I just buy the point and then I move on. Well, if you just buy the point, you're obviously not going to have a chance. You do your building for Mm -hmm. that chance later, but I apply for something. And you you never know because you may get that one random antelope tag. Yep. That's that's somebody's got to get it. As you should. Solid advice. Um, definitely in Arizona, where if there's a random portion of their draw, you should absolutely apply. You're going to get a bonus point if you're unsuccessful in the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, if you buy a point only, which they will allow you to do, you're not even considered in the draw. You're just going to get a bonus point. So essentially. I mean, you're, in my opinion, you're wasting the, the price of your hunting license in order to then apply, right, for that bonus point. You might as well throw your name in there. You never know when lightning strikes. I mean, we, we talked a little bit earlier about Brian Campos in our office. Um, I think he drew an early archery tag in a great unit in Arizona last year with one point. Yep. Yeah, so, we talk, I just talked to him about it last week when I was there yeah. in the office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you just never know. So I would say in Arizona, the only reason that you should not apply for hunts is if you don't have, you know, the economic means to go on that hunt or you can't get the time off to hunt. Other than yeah. that, Arizona is a phenomenal elk state. It's a great antelope state. You might as well apply for hunts. Yeah. So one of the things that I've always done is I know, or I've known if I don't have the time, right. If I know that like it's going to be really, really tough for me to make Arizona this year, I will apply for those heavy hitters mm-hmm. knowing that if I'm that one non-resident, yeah. that one out of state hunter that draws it, I will do whatever it takes to, to make that happen because yeah. it's one of those type of hunts, unit 27, unit one, unit 23, yeah. whatever, some of those, those big guys. And, um, yeah, I have can't never make... drawn. I've never drawn one, <laughs> yeah. but I've always had my name in the hat. Yeah. Who, who can't I... make time for a unit nine elk tag, right? That's right. So I, now I'm getting to that point because I've always tried. Now I'm kind of up there where I have enough points and I may try to draw something this year. I, I haven't decided yet. We may talk offline a little bit when we get down here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, I was just going to say, I, th- I think you're a classic example. I think a lot of people think you have to have, you know, just a t- 20 years of points to be considered for, for options to hunt elk in Arizona. And as you uh, you look down through your draws and your insider account, you can really see that there are some hunts that are available to you, you know, with far fewer points than you might think. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And that's one. And so one thing I always overlooked too was some of those later season archery hunts, late season rifle hunts, and those are they're out there, and the draw odds are better for those than obviously hunting September and the rut. But they're still really good hunts, and they're they're mm-hmm. some pretty cool stuff. So those are what I may look at this year. I, I haven't fully decided yet, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. yeah, those late hunts can be tough, especially if you're talking the late archery hunts. But I mean, the reality is, you know, harvest successes are are low typically for those. But when do you get to hunt the quality bulls that Arizona produces? You know, with the number yeah. of points that it takes to draw some of those late hunts, it's it's a rare opportunity. So, I mean, the, the chance to actually harvest and kill one is pretty tough, but you have the ability to be out there in the field and hunting some, you know, world-class bulls. And 
you know, if you look at Arizona, you know, I've talked to several guides and outfitters this year. Um, I've been working on the Arizona elk application strategy articles and, and talking to some guys, and they're saying this might be as good a year for antler growth in Arizona that they've seen in, in potentially like a decade. Funny um, that you say that. I was just yeah. on the phone the other day with an Arizona guy who I really respect their opinion, and mm-hmm. he said exactly the same thing. This year is going to be the antler year. Like their moisture levels they've had mm-hmm. early on, like that, or you know, right now is higher than it's been in years. So they're all expecting big antlers. Yep. Yeah, they got those monsoons in the summer, uh, mm-hmm. and then they're they're having good winter moisture at this point. And I mean, it's if you look at the moisture maps, um, it's it's still you know dry because Arizona's a dry state. Right, but, it's but it's it's desert country a lot of it. But in terms of what they've had over the past decade, it's looking to be a very good year for antler growth in yeah. Arizona. Yep, we will see. No, yeah. it's not. It's going to be a terrible year. Nobody apply for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. You should, or at least throw your name in the hat. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked we, about how it works for non-residents, right? Yeah. We okay. Yeah. We covering that. We, we probably ought to cover as I think about it, just the, the one of the commonly asked questions I get is about, about choices. Like how many choices do you get in Arizona for yep. when you apply and how that Perfect. works? Yeah. Um, so you, you do get up to five choices when you apply. They are only going to take into account your first and second choice before they move to the next applicant. Um, but in saying that, if you put a third, fourth, and fifth choice and you draw one of those choices, they will burn your points. You're going to have your point, your points purged. So be aware of that. I typically tell people, you know, only apply for haunts as a first and second choice. Uh, the third through fifth choice haunts that are often available are left over after everybody's first and second choice have been considered. So they're probably not the type of haunt that you want to burn your points on. So, so be aware of that. I would say really you only want to probably look at like third through fifth choices. If you're a guy that doesn't have any or very few points and you're kind of okay with just wanting to go down and hunt like a cow elk or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 so think about that. Um, you, you can draw, like I said, in that random pass of the draw, you could potentially draw either your first or second choice. And, and even in the bonus, even in the bonus pass, both of those matter. So be aware of your first and second choices. Those are the ones that really count. Yeah, I made that mistake uh, a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, maybe. I wasn't really paying attention or I didn't know at the time that it was only the first and second. And then they move on to the next next Mm -hmm. applicant and then they come back. And I did one of those deals where I put like, you know, super hard to draw unit as number one, super hard as number two. And I did that all the way down to like the fifth choice where then I had some 20 (laughs) percent odd unit. And I didn't even realize that it was never going to get that far. Mm-hmm. so i kind of screwed it up now i changed that around a little bit i'll usually do hard to draw as a number one and then number two is a easier mm-hmm. higher percentage so yeah yeah in terms of strategy um you you want to kind of start to look it, it, draws are super important in every state but they're really important in arizona because of that bonus pass portion of their draw um, you want to start looking at the number of points you've got and then really starting to evaluate your choices, you know, your first or second choice. Now, if you want to just take a swing for the fences approach, you can certainly do that. But once you start to get a few points, you really want to start looking at your first and second choice and really want to put 
you know, potentially a hunt, um, you know, that you're kind of on the border of being able to draw as your first choice. And then maybe a hunt is your second choice. That is a point uh, that took a point or, you know, two less, you know, than what you currently have so that you've got options to draw that permit. But once you start to get a few points, you know, as you look at the hunts, that's when it becomes really important to, to start looking at your choices and your draws. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on. Did we touch on the important dates? Did we hit that? Yeah. And I can run through it again. Like I said, okay. February 4th, yeah, February 14th for elk and antelope, uh, first Tuesday in June for deer sheep and then fall, you know, fall bison. And then, uh, second Tuesday in October for javelina and then, and bison spring. Yeah. Okay. February 14th. So for this <clears throat> upcoming one, that's the important date and then it's open now. So if you're listening to this, yeah before february 14th it's it's already opened it opened up early january mm -hmm. or mid-january i don't even know what day it is <laughs> either way it's open now so i'm with you it's a month yeah. it's a monday i know that <laughs> yeah right right uh let's let's talk about this is do you think point creep is a big concern in arizona because you hear that a lot that that's one of those mm -hmm. states where people are just creeped out of it and should they could should they get into the Arizona game now? Yeah, it, it is a it is a state where point creep. You're seeing point creep, and, and it's because, like I said, there's a portion of those permits that 20 percent of those permits are allocated to the people with the most bonus points that apply for any given hunt. So you're definitely seeing. Typically, it's a point. You know, you might have a unit that gets hot, or you might have a year like this where you know antler growth is anticipated to be really good. You may see some people that have either just been building points or they've been applying for those top tier units and just kind of chasing them and they've built up a bunch of points and you may see them, you know, dump their points on a unit that took less, you know, over the last few years. So uh, it is an issue. Point creep is definitely an issue in Arizona. And I would say for the most part, it's creeping about a point, you know, each hunt for a year. And that's not the case with every hunt, but for a lot of them, it is. It's typically about a point. And then, like I said, it might jump even higher on a year like this where it's anticipated it, it's going to be good hunting in the fall. Um, I, would, I wouldn't say that um, you should not get into Arizona, to, in, into the game of applying for Arizona. I still think it's totally worthwhile because uh, of the random portion of their draw. You always have a chance. And then also just the breadth of hunts that are available. I mean, there are late season archery hunts, there are late season rifle hunts, there's early season archery, there's early rifle or, or muzzleloader. So there's a whole bunch of different hunts that you can apply for. And, you know, you might build up six, seven, eight points and decide, you know what, I don't want to keep chasing after these hunts that I may never draw. I might want to cash them and go on a late rifle hunt or a late archery hunt. So I definitely think, or you may draw a random tag, you know, for a great hunt during that time frame. So I would say, even though there is some point creep, I definitely think it's worthwhile uh, to apply in Arizona. I think it's worth that hundred and you know hundred seventy five bucks every year. Yeah, I totally agree. Just for the opportunity, and before when the OTC thing was a thing, it didn't matter because I was buying that license anyway. So the application yeah. was just kind of a, a no brainer. But but now that that system has changed, we'll see what they do with it next year. Um, that was kind of a that was kind mm -hmm. of a toughie for me, but whatever. I'm still going to apply no matter what. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of 
I kind of used to use that same thing that you're saying. I kind of used to buy the hunting license and I could apply for all the species. And then if I didn't draw anything, I could still buy that over the counter deer tag, you know, and, and kind of use that as my justification for spending the 160 bucks for the hunting license. And I will say that like, even though that opportunity, I mean, you really have to be on the ball if you want to buy it on December 1st, even though that's kind of gone away or it's gotten a lot harder, you know, to plan for and to make happen. There's still a ton of deer hunts in Arizona that are available to you through the draw. Yeah. You know, there, and, and there's even a bunch of leftover coos deer hunts that, that are available first come first serve after the draws over. So I would say there's still a lot of value within your Arizona hunting license. Absolutely. And I think, so there is also a lot of good opportunity at around that two point range. Mm -hmm. And if you have your loyalty point and your hunter safety point every year, as long as you don't screw up with the loyalty point, every year you go into that with two points. And there's a lot of, well, I know there's a lot of coos deer opportunity at that two point level. So there's still lots of opportunity, like you said. Maybe it's not elk in in unit twenty seven or twenty two or one or whatever, but it's there's still opportunities to go hunt in Arizona and have an awesome time. Mm-hmm. That January hunt back then it was super nice because it was like fifty degrees outside, and you know you're running around yeah. chasing chasing deer and base layers, and that's it in January. Now you can yeah. apply for some December, October, November, December hunts for coos deer that are just as good right perfect time of year to be out chasing coos deers for sure yeah yeah Yeah, you absolutely can there's a there's a bunch of coos deer there's some even some muley opportunities with very few points um you know you touched on the the loyalty point uh i i kind of missed that when i went through that but essentially if you apply for any species for five years consecutively in arizona they'll give you a bonus point and that's in addition to what you already have. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a cool program and I wish, I wish more States would do that. I think it's awesome that they give you the loyalty point. And then, yeah, yeah hunters, hunters ed, I mean, that, that point used to be hard to get. You had to travel to Arizona and take your hunter education course. That's no longer the case. You could do it online. It's, now they just made you pay for it basically. Yes. Yes. It's pay 300, 300 bucks. Yeah. 300 <laughs> bucks for a non-resident. And um, yeah, but I mean, you could still do that jump your points, you know, up a couple. So like you said, you can essentially go into that draw with two points every year regardless. Yeah. Yep. Not a bad deal. What about hunting with your buddies, group application stuff? Yeah. You can apply as a group up to four people for antelope and elk. Um, probably one of the most commonly question, common questions I get is like, what do they do with your points? So Arizona, what they're going to do is average the number of points uh, in your group and then they're going to round up to the nearest whole number. So if your group landed at 4.5, they'd round you up to five. If it's less than 0.5, they're going to round you down to the nearest whole number. And then that's kind of what your, your application is going to go into the draw with, you know, so that's the number of random chances essentially that you get. Um, you know, same thing in that bonus pass, they're going to consider the number of points um, on that application. They kind of treat that application as one application, wherein if, uh, you know, that application's pulled, all members of the group would be given a permit. Um, you know, in saying that, they're not going to, Arizona's not a state that's going to over allocate the number of permits, you know, that they've set for their draw to cover a group. So if your group is, you know, a group of five or four, excuse me, let's say you have a group of four and there's only three permits remaining or two permits remaining when they pull your application, they're going to reject your application and they're going to move to the the individuals um, or a group app that that meets that, what they've got left. So 
Um, in that regard, there is a slight, I wouldn't say it's a penalty, but it's, you could potentially slightly, ever so slightly lower your odds by applying as a group, just because if you're that last application and there aren't enough permits, they would reject it. Yeah. And some of these units, we talked about the number of permits that they even give out for that unit earlier. Yeah. So if it's four dudes yeah. Yeah. applying for a unit, they don't even have that many tags allocated for non-residents. So you're... You really yeah. need to get into the proclamations here, the the game and fish, the regulations and the rule books, and take a look at those units and look at how many permits they're giving out for that unit before you before yeah. you apply for that. Because you you might have this great application built, but you never have a chance by by doing it that way. Yeah, so. and it and it happens. I mean, a group of you know three people can throw their first choice in for a unit 23 early rifle tag and never even be considered in the draw and they're not going to reject your application when you apply they'll accept it yeah but right yeah but you're you're not even in the draw so that's yeah. something to be aware of yeah they'll take that that money from you for sure <laughs> yeah. um what else you got anything else you think that's that's valuable to out-of-state hunters non-resident hunters applying for the draw um yeah i mean typically arizona just a couple things. You have to have an account. Their application's available online, so you apply online. Um, you have to set up an account with Arizona Game and Fish if you never, uh, if you've never applied there, and they're actually going to um, give you a. It's a number. It's like a hunter education, or not an education, but a, it's an applicant number, right? And you have to use that when you apply. So you want to do that well in advance. You don't want to waste your time in Arizona. I definitely would not be the guy that waits till the last hour, you know, before deadline and try to make sure that you have everything, all your ducks in a row to, to get your application in Arizona. Um, the other thing is the, the last few years, they kind of went to a new system. I would definitely double check your point totals, go back through, um, you know, check your receipts, look at your point totals that they're displaying. There was a bunch of discrepancies when they transferred over to that new, new, yeah, new system. Oof. So yeah, yeah, there was, many people that were not happy um a bunch of people had to go back through receipts and and get their points uh adjusted so i would say you know look at that for sure before you apply um and like i said i mean arizona's a great state i think it's a it's a phenomenal elk state uh don't overlook some of those late hunts i mean they can be really tough but they're also super fun and and like you said it's a great time to be in arizona that november december time frame because you know you're 50 60 degrees during the day your short sleep weather and, and yeah it's perfect perfect but yeah i mean that would be it and then really i guess final just just apply do do the homework and get your application in because you never know yeah i my last note parting note will be there so the arizona license is good for one year a lot of mm -hmm. states they renew no matter like say march 1st every year um yeah. so Arizona's is good for one year all the time. So I always buy mine when I apply and I do that application process, usually like early February. And that means I can apply now. And then my license is still good by the time it comes around for that over the counter uh, mm -hmm. archery hunt. So if, if that should continue, or let's say I want to try to pick up an over the counter tag in December, my license is still good all the way through January. And then mm -hmm. I, then when it's time to buy or, you know, to apply again, I just buy a new license or February 1st and I go in and I, I do it that way. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the way. So Arizona's deer, I, I guess, well, we, we could talk more about that on deer, but their deer it's in a, 
per calendar year also and not per um hunting season i guess so if you yeah, killed a deer in january yeah that's your only deer for 2023 yeah and uh yeah so yeah you can't you can't kill two deer in one year yeah right right yeah like like new mexico we i just got back from a january archery hunt and that was still part of the 2022 season Mm-hmm. So then, you know, my buddy killed a deer and now he can apply for a 2023 season, but uh, mm-hmm. Arizona doesn't work that way. So if he kills, kill something in January, that's it for that yeah. whole calendar year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do get that question quite a bit about the hunting license and it being valid for 365 days from the day that you purchase it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most common question I get in regard to that is, uh, you know, can I apply for two years on the same hunting license? So you can, uh, I guess the only caveat to that is your, your hunting. So for elk and antelope, for example, that license or any species, that license, your hunting license has to be valid on the deadline day. So the very last day, the deadline, your hunting license has to be valid to be considered in the draw. Um, Oh, for on the deadline. Gotcha. On the, on the deadline. Yep. Yep. See, you, you'd have to pay attention to that. Um, my advice is if you're going to buy the $160 hunting license, you might as well apply for all species in Arizona. So in that case, you're going to have to buy a hunting license. So I would say just like you pick a day, buy the hunting license and apply, apply for any and all species. That's what I do. I, it it just makes it easy that way. So that's the way I do it, but all right. Thank you, Trail. I don't have anything. I got. I don't have anything else. I think we hit um, mm-hmm. everything I wanted to as far as application process, how to apply. Um, as a, as we separate here, I will say a lot of the information that I pull on these states when I'm doing my research, I go to Go Hunt and I look at the state regulation page, and that has all of that information. So license cost, species cost you name it all the stuff we talked about today it's all right there in those state regulation pages and then of course i go to the state game and fish website which is also conveniently linked on those go hunt state regulation pages where you can link to that and then you can go and pull up their state rules and regs and it gets you even more detailed information mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah if, if you really wanted to get into the, the nitty gritty of Arizona and any state's draw system, I mean, if you want to look at like even on a species by species, you know, some states, they you have different statewide quotas for, you know, bighorn sheep or some yeah. of those species. You can really get down into the nitty gritty of all that. And uh, it, it's all within your insider account. And like I said, draw odds are super important when it comes to Arizona. So, you know, if you don't have an insider account, you know, it's a shameless plug, but it's... <laughs> It's awful handy. Save you a ton of time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As the Arizona updated uh, application strategy out yet? The article? Uh, not not out yet. It'll be live this week. Yeah, for elk and antelope. So you've got you'll have it for you know what three weeks I guess prior to that deadline. Yeah. You know what yeah. day you're dropping it this week? Uh, probably Friday. I would assume. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yep. All right. This will release on Wednesday. So on Friday you'll have that that insider strategy article which is great for insiders um thank you man i appreciate your time i appreciate you coming on it's talking arizona yeah yeah you bet um i don't know i was just thinking back on the entire conversation and i think man i don't know if i just if i cleared 
cleared people's questions up or if I muddied the waters. But, yeah, well, oh. well, if you muddied the waters, there's no doubt in my mind that they can get all of their questions answered <laughs> on Go Hunt Insider, yeah. right? They may, they, they may have to listen to it twice to pick up the tidbits, but yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully it helps somebody. And like I said, I, I, I just hope you get your applications in and I hope, uh, I hope there's some lucky applicants out there. There will be. Somebody's got to draw it every year. Maybe That's it'll it. be me. I hope so. Yeah. There you have it. That is Arizona. I appreciate Trail coming on to talk about it. Arizona can be pretty confusing. Uh, I have my own way of doing Arizona, and I kind of have a long-term plan. So I didn't really want to talk through the way that my application strategy works. I, I really thought it was important to bring somebody on to talk through it and, and just to, to really work through all of those specifics for Arizona. That way you can build your own plan. And how you're going to do it. Mine kind of involves, like I said, some long-term stuff and uh, like three-year plan on the points that I already have. And then I have that loyalty point and I have that bonus point. So it works out pretty good, I hope. We'll see if that three-year plan works. Anyway, that was Arizona. Um, super, super cool state. I love Arizona. I love hunting in Arizona. Hopefully one of these years I'll draw one of those cool elk tags. Maybe it'll be this year. Anyway. Um, during this show, we talked a lot about Go Hunt Insider. If you're not familiar with Go Hunt Insider, I highly recommend that you get a subscription membership before you start putting in for all of these applications because it really, really breaks down a lot of information about each state as far as how to apply, when to apply, cost to apply, and then just the draw odds on what you should be applying for. So if you remember, we talked about a, a particular section in there where we were saying there's only so many tags in a unit, and if it doesn't meet that certain number of tags, then non-residents aren't even counted in those, in those um, applications or that draw. So having that Go Hunt Insider knowledge is is absolutely crucial when it comes to these big application processes. Uh, use the code all capital letters, all one word, just out of state, and you get fifty bucks in Gear Shop credit when you become a Go Hunt Insider. So that is an absolute smoking deal because it also gives you access to the Go Hunt Explorer, which is the the Go Hunt maps, and you get access to the Gear Shop, and you get strategy articles, draw odds. Like all of the suite of tools that Go Hunt has going on. So become a Go Hunt Insider. If you don't need Insider and you just want a really good map software, use that same code out of state, all one word, and you'll get uh, Go Hunt Explorer. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. If you got any questions on Arizona, hit me up. I'll answer them the best I can, or I will give you the best source to answer those. Or I know Trail is pretty good about answering questions. Um, it, maybe not like instantly, but he's good about getting back to people and, and answering your questions on any state. So um, this one just happened to be about Arizona. All right, thanks for listening. Leave me a review. I've got a bunch of five-star reviews for this show already, and I'm super proud of that. So I would be even more proud if you leave a five-star review. So if you listen to this show and you liked it, please leave me a review. If you listen to this show and you got something to say, you got a problem with it, or you got you know some criticism, I guess, then shoot me an email or a DM on Instagram and tell me what it is that you would like to see fixed before you just trash the show on some review or something, I, I would like the opportunity to make it better before, um, before it gets some one-star review for some trashy something or other. Anyway, I do the best I can, so let me know how I do. All right, I'm out of here.